Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line KINY. All right, you are listening to Action Line on KINY. Joining me over the phone here because she's very busy, I have Representative Andy Story. How are you doing today? I'm feeling uh, really uh, thrilled about the passage of the largest um, base student allocation increase um, in the history of Alaska last night. Uh, Late on the floor last night, we passed a $680 increase to the base student allocation. So that feels pretty good, and it's early funding, uh, so really um, important. Gotcha. And that was really the big thing I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, talk to me about, you know, what was really going on during that that session that you were, were really, I say session, really, just talk to me about like, you know, what was going on on the floor, what were kind of the emotions going on there, and how was that, how was that whole occurrence? It has been an incredible week because we had a education omnibus, omnibus bill where several pieces of legislation were put into the bill. And some of them just hadn't gone through finance committee and um, committee to really see the cost of them and to understand the programs completely. And so uh, working on the floor, trying to get uh, the House majority to accept, uh, uh, to go back to an earlier version of the bill and add a few policy pieces that had been vetted. And so it was just kind of like... uh, a back and forth this week, uh, but I think we got to a good uh, policy education bill and was just thrilled to hear the floor speeches last night from um, all, from most of the representatives around the state speaking about the importance of um, funding education. And that is uh, such a good message for our state, for our kids, uh, for all of us. Gotcha. I think the big thing about it that really surprised me beyond just, you know, the sheerly the amount of that BSA increase is the fact that it it had bipartisan support. I believe there's only two people who had voted no on that bill. So that was something that really stood out to me. Uh, yes. Lots of discussions this week. Uh, lots of, um, I mean, there are points thinking, oh, no, we're not going to be able to pull anything together and we're going to have to just not pass anything this soon and it's going to come later in the session. Uh, so just kind of really down about that. And then, no, we still um, have some things we can compromise on and bring it together. And so it was really kind of an up-and-down week, um, and it ended on something that I think um, people can uh, feel really good about. Um, obviously, we've had eight years of flat funding in the base student allocation, and costs have gone higher. We got COVID money, um, but the state and use that COVID money to supplant the dollars that we should have been investing. And so now that those federal dollars are gone, there's been like this huge hole uh, that we, you know, need to start investing more in. And so while 680 is an historic increase, and I'm thrilled about it, you know, across the state there are still some really tough budget choices to be made, and including in our district, uh, too. Um, so I'm exciting. Yes, I know my heart is heavy in some ways because I know what we're going through here in Juneau. Uh, but I want to um, kind of talk about the other pieces in that big education bill that maybe most people don't know about. Um, and one of them is uh, increased 
funding for bus transportation, people transportation, and that had not increased since 2012. So that is really going to help our budget because we've been having to supplement um, taking out a general fund to go to in more busing costs. So that's going to really help us. Um, we also got funding for um, something that I had a bill on, which was uh, helping the Reads Act and for our kids who are reading um, below grade level. My bill was to put $1,000 uh, towards interventions um, for them. The district would have $1,000. Well, what got in there was $500 um, for each student who's struggling with reading uh, and needs an improvement plan. So that is really exciting. It's good targeted funding that should help with the Reads Act. And it funds everything from tutoring, um, summer school. It can be for um, teacher training. It can be time for teachers to write these reading and improvement plans. So it gives great flexibilities to districts um, about how to use those dollars. But that's another uh, money that's just uh, direct uh, funding. So that was exciting. Um, it does um, have... Uh, addition in there for increased factor for correspondence programs, which will help uh, the HomeBridge program and other correspondence programs. Um, and there is um, some more uh, uh, help at the state level. If uh, a group wants to form a charter school, they will have a position at deed for that. Um, so, um, oh, and of course, how can I forget the broadband assistance grants, which was really what the bill was Came over Senate Bill 140 came over to the House just being fund funding for school internet uh, services um, for mostly rural school districts. Uh, but that bill, when it came over, got a whole bunch of other pieces of legislation put into it. Um, so I should have mentioned <laughs> that increased funding, and that really helps uh, lots of rural areas. They have to rate wait so long for download speeds and we're doing a lot of learning and getting content um, about issues um, and doing our assessments by um, computer and so uh, it's really important that we got that piece of uh, broadband assistance for our rural districts mostly. So there's a lot in that bill, um, but it to me, the overall message, though, from so many with that broad bipartisan support that you were talking about is, yes, Alaska is committed to our children. We're committed to have a strong um, education system here, and um, that's so important to the people I talk about. It's so important to our economy, and it's so important to, uh, you know, educators. Uh, our school staff, that they know we've got this ongoing funding inside the base student allocation and we don't have to have one-time funding where we have to project cuts. And uh, so um, in one, in many ways, it's a, a relief and the message in the newspapers um, helps that we're going to be having a significant increase. It's about um, $5.5 million more for Juno which lets an increase of 680 uh, for Haynes. It's uh, to, it's 444,000 uh, to be exact. And Skagway is almost 300,000. And then for Chatham School District, which is Cluckwan and Gustavus, uh, it's about it's about $435,000. And then, of course, if you have busing, you'll be getting more money for busing. You'll be getting more money for the Reeds Act and correspond, your correspondence program. So there's a lot in there. 
And remember, when we go through the base student allocation, if you're in a charter school, an optional program, your neighborhood school, they benefits all those kids because they all get an infusion of the dollars. Right. Now, there's a couple things I want to hit on in that, but the first one I wanted to hit before we move on to that is, you know, obviously you mentioned uh, some of the struggles with our local school district. So if you are able to give your thoughts on that, I know that we had our big uh, board meeting at the same time as the House floor meeting for the education funding. So I had a question about that. And then the other main question I had for you is, so obviously while that has been agreed on for the BSA within the House, what is the next steps for that bill? Oh, you are so right to talk about next steps, uh, Jordan. So it is likely that the Senate will take the bill up um, on Monday and vote on it. So I'm expecting that, if not Monday, you know, soon, next week. And then the uh, bill goes to the governor's um, desk for signing. He can sign it. He can let it pass into law without signing it 15 days after uh, the bill is signed. Um, he must either... Well, he can just let it not be signed and it goes into effect, or he can uh, veto it. And um, then that takes a two-thirds vote, if it's in statute, to override a governor's veto. I am um, hopeful that he will not, that he sees the good in it. We, I know he was interested. He's um, increasing um, support for our charter schools and we have some of that language in the policy in the bill and correspondence schools um, and he wanted uh, some uh, more funding for uh, bonuses for staff um, teachers and there is intent language um, to uh, direct funds to the classrooms in the form of educator salary and retention uh, bonuses in the bill um, and so I'm hoping that there's enough components in the bill that uh, he will be, you know, glad to sign it. Gotcha. And sort of kind of to expand upon that, I mean, all the interactions and conversations I've had with the governor on this front have at least made it clear to me that he is not very uh, in favor of just doing the BSA increase. So say he does choose to line out a veto where he only gets rid of that one part but lets everything else go through. Do you think that there would be enough people to have that two-thirds majority to override that veto? Or if that does happen, are we back in the situation we were in before? You know, I am hopeful that if he vetoed within the next 15 days, you know, we are here. Um, we, If you listen to any of the speeches on the floor last night, you know, and the vote was 38 to 2, you know, in the House to support this. I I think there'd be the votes to override. Now, we always have to remember that when we close out the budget, you know, the end, we have to appropriate all the money. And, you know, um, we will see where we are at that situation. And, you know, would the governor not uh, appropriate money that he'd signed into law with our intention? Um, I think it'd be a priority. Uh, so I am hoping he will. But, um well, uh, anyway, there are always um, uncertainties, unfortunately, until we have our whole new budget, you know, the end of our budget uh, signed and passed, and the governor goes through his veto process on all the legislation that we're passing. Right. And so, like, when our local school board is building their budget, um, you know, it's really our budget is not in hand until our whole state budget is signed um, right after we recess, so that's 
um, that you know that's that current situation. And go ahead. I, was saying, I think it's important that you mention that because when I was I was talking with the superintendent and the school board president yesterday before that meeting, and I noticed on their plans for the budget they have that optimistic six eighty for the BSA in that planning phase. Uh, yeah, and I think they also have their budget both the other way with where they, you know, without the new income. So I think. Um, well, the one they had presented it, to me and the one that was presented last night had that, that 680 on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is, I certainly understand that. And I just certainly hope that that's the situation that we're looking at all intents. You know, we'll see how this next couple of weeks go. But um, I was just thrilled with the vote last night, and I was thrilled with the commitment from 38 of our 40 representatives in the House. And that's huge. And the Senate, you know, has been on record. They're the one who, um, you know, of, of supporting the 680 because they sent us over a six uh, BSA bill for 680. Right. So, so, so it looks good in that way. Okay. Now, to sort of circle back to some of the other, you know, key components of that bill, talk to me about some of that broadband, uh, the broadband sort of infrastructure part of that bill. Uh, Yes. So, you know, we have been trying to build up the Internet across the state of Alaska for a long time. And right now, a lot of the funding for the broadband assistance grants comes to districts and there's these federal phone charges that we all have on our cell phones that we're paying and it's um, a lot of federal subsidies that goes to play to pay our internet speed bills and there's still you know a tremendous cost to our rural school districts but they also are only at 25 megabit capacity and you know um, so when they're doing assessments um, some of them are very small districts, but you cannot have several people on the Internet at one time. And so it's critical that they get to 100 megabit capacity. We are beyond that in Juneau. And so um, while we get some federal E-rate you know, grants to help, uh, we don't accept the, uh, the bag funds because we want to be at a higher than 25 megabits. If you ex- accept the funds, you can only be at the, that speed. And so it's, this money will not help us, but it will help the kids in other areas across the state. Gotcha. Now, I, I, I have to ask, because you mentioned it kind of earlier, that this has been, it's been kind of a lot of ups and downs, but we only really talked about you know that really big, well, obviously outside perspective, that pretty big win that happened uh, toward the end of the week. What were some of those other big sort of ups and downs you were talking about or you alluded oh, just- to? Oh, well, um, the first bill that was on the floor that came out of the House Rules Committee substitute had a lot of um, bills that hadn't been vetted um, through their proper committees. Um, And I would say the charter school language that was in the bill, it was changed. The bill that ended up being in the omnibus bill was um, um, somewhat different than that bill, and there was more money for correspondence schools than that was in the final bill. And again, remember, when we're looking at all these components, they all have a fiscal component to it. And so when we're looking at what our current budget is, our revenues, the price of oil, we just have to be really careful um, in our hopes that we can afford what we're we're doing. There was a civics bill in there. There was an education tax credit bill in there. There were some 
um, a hearing, um, <clears throat> a bill for um, students who are hearing impaired was also in there. I happen to think that's a good bill. There were some um, um, concerns about costs that might be in that bill, and a lot of those bills, they just felt it would be best for them to continue through the budget. Um, because remember, we still have a couple months left of session. So those bills still might pass that were put in there, but it was felt not to pass them right now. Okay. That, that about makes sense for that. And there was another bill in there to do extra audits for school districts, which are very expensive to do, and that was removed from the bill. And then there was also a kind of a dashboard uh, requirement in there, which I actually think is a good idea. But again, there was an expense, and we're just going to vet that um, at, a, at, at a different time. And again, some of those things might go through, but I don't think the audits will go through. It was just found that that would be duplicative because all districts are required to do a financial audit. And so anyway, it yeah. just kind of, that's, we were just going through all these things and then people were saying, well, maybe we shouldn't do this now and we're not going to do the 680 now. And it's like, oh, we need to set it as early as possible. You know, let's make sure we can get something. Um, that districts can begin planning as their budgets are due, because this sets our intention. This is what we're planning on doing. Um, and so it's so important that we can do that the earlier, the better. Definitely. Now, my last big question for you before we kind of wrap up the program is, what are some of the big sort of concerns that your constituents have brought up to you since the session has began? Oh, gosh. Um, well, the executive orders has really, we've gotten a lot of calls, especially about uh, the Alaska Chilkat Bald Eagle Preserve Advisory Council and Haynes um, about uh, the governor's proposal to eliminate that, uh, to uh, change how they, he's um, appointing positions to the Alaska Marine um, Operations Advisory Council. Um, to just uh, eliminate the midwife's board, the massage therapist. Uh, so <laughs> we've been hearing a lot about um, the, about what those is involved in running those councils, uh, the boards, uh, what they do, uh, why their services are needed. So that's been um, a big thing. Of course, I think you've been hearing about the energy um, concerns across our state. Uh, that I expect to get uh, some lot more uh, attention. And then, uh, you know, the Senate passed their defined benefits bill, Senate Bill 88. Um, people have been talking about our high vacancy rates that we have had with, um, you know, our public employees and how that has um, affected the delivery of services, including um, uh, licensing for uh, different positions that private businesses are trying to hire people for. We always hear about um, our high cost of housing. Is there anything we can do about that? The cost of living, making sure transportation is going well. So you know, these are issues, you know, that people feel every day. Um, and now we're in session and they're looking for some long-term term solutions. Of course, executive orders, we didn't really plan on that. When I was thinking of the session, that wasn't anything on my mind. And we have heard a lot from uh, people about that. And the Senate has had some hearings on that. And actually, of the 13 executive orders, 12 of them, they have um, put resolutions out um, 
asking for them to be disapproved. And so those resolutions just came across uh, the speaker's desk, and now they'll be referred to committees on our side. Even though they do not have, if they're not heard in time, we still plan on having a joint session, and those orders will come up for a vote. And it's uh, a majority um, of legislators if they disprove. So that would be 31 out of the 60. Then that would not go into effect, and it would continue to be the way that it was. Gotcha. There was just one. There was just one resolution that was not disapproved, and that was one that um, really the council um, it was the Alaska Criminal Information Advisory Board, and they have not met in years. And those duties are being taken care of in a different way. And so that one people were comfortable with, but the other twelve, uh, there's really feeling the input is needed uh, still uh, by people involved in those different areas. Right. Well, and I know, as they say, Rome uh, was not built in a day. But, Representative Story, <laughs> thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, and I just wanted to say one last thing. You know, this is our annual uh, end of you know Black History Month where we have the gospel concerts that happen on Sunday at 2 and 5, and they are incredible. And I certainly uh, want to encourage the community, if they want to have a smile in their heart, that's a great thing to make time to do on Sunday. All righty. Well, on that, thank and, you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. last thing, uh, 465-3744 is my number, and our room is uh, 426 at the Capitol if people want to come visit. All righty. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today, Rev Story. Thank you. All righty. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY.